0: And you thought vinyl left. You're listening to the Vinyl Community Podcasts. Everything Vinyl. What's up, buddies? It's Concert Buddy. Coming at you with a mini pod. A mini pod. Just got back from the Austin Record Convention, and I'll probably do a full-fledged video on my YouTube channel about it at some point. Busy times here at the Concert Buddy Laboratories, so I figured I would at least share a little bit of my experience at now my third time going to this convention. So, let's walk it back a little bit. This record convention is arguably the biggest in at least the United States. I'd love to hear feedback if I'm wrong on that, but from all indications and research I did years ago, this was the granddaddy. This was the the big one. Now, there's large record conventions in Denbosch. I believe there's one in Barcelona. So across the globe, there's really big ones. But for a domestic, (laughs) grounded individual like myself here in the States... Austin has really served me well over the years. Like I said, it's my third year going. Now, this convention has been going on since 1981. And originally it was at a place called Zilker Clubhouse. And it was founded by just like a, ro- a local record store manager named Doug Hanners, who just kind of organized. It's kind of how these things kind of start. Just find some like-minded folks, shop owners, collectors, enthusiasts, etc. And eventually, uh, in the 80s, further down, it moved over to the Palmer Auditorium, which is kind of where it is now, the Palmer Event Center specifically. But somewhere I always wanted to go, especially as I started to really immerse myself in collecting records again over 10 years ago. But it wasn't really until about three years ago, coming out of the pandemic, that I was able to actually make this happen really stunk because in 2020, that was actually the year I was planning on going. The show takes place two times a year. There's one in spring, usually like April or May-ish. And then there's one in the fall, right at the end of September, depending on the year, maybe the first couple days of October. So COVID-19, I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about it, talking about it, etc. That kind of derailed my momentum to go to this show for the first time in 2020. So fast forward to... 2021 fall uh, finally mustered up the financial resources the testicular fortitude and the availability to go to the Austin record convention for the first time. I had a really great time uh, you know I'd been going to record shows by that point for a couple of years my local shows I'd been to the Chicago show a couple times. I kind of knew the ins and outs, and and well kind of I kind of share some of those ins and outs if you've never been, or maybe you've been but only casual, etc. But plan of attack was essentially a flew in on a Wednesday, and I kind of repeated that for this go around. Flew in on a Wednesday night, kind of got settled. Thursday, uh, just kind of hit some local record stores because there's some really great record stores in Austin, and I'll kind of touch on that here in a second. And then Friday, they do. Essentially, what's an early bird, it's a vendor setup day where the vendors from out of town, in town, etc. Set up their tables. And so if you pay a, a little bit of a premium, it's about 30 bucks uh, As a customer, you can go in and get first dibs on whatever the dealers are putting out. Now, not all dealers set up on Friday, I noticed. But if you want that top top, if you want that that first run, think a good strategy is to do the early bird. It's a good investment, especially if you're looking for like really rare stuff, hard to find stuff, stuff not in your area. I'd highly recommend it. Plus, they do something really cool, which is the convention runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday are more earmarked toward this general public. It's like $5 to get in. But if you do that early bird on Fridays, you get all day Friday, and then from 8 to 10 the next day Saturday, you get kind of an exclusive time too. And that's where, like I said, not all vendors set up on Fridays. So you get some more vendors setting up. Plus I learned this in year one, the vendors who have already set up on Friday, they do move some new inventory in because when I went the first year, I thought Saturday would just kind of be a bust. I really, really grinded that Friday, really kind of got my kind of bearings, saw how it worked. What really tripped me out was I got there pretty early. It opened at 10 and I got in line at maybe 9. There was already several people outside. So by the time the doors open, I thought I was in a good pole position to really just hit it hard. And as I walked through the doors, I already saw a ton of people <laughs> already shopping some tables. So what I've learned since is that uh, other dealers, and you've probably seen this in your local shows if you are a record collector, other dealers shop other dealers. And so a real savvy, savvy, quote I'm, I'm doing air quotes now, savvy move is to buy a table as a vendor and whether or not you set it up or not that's your prerogative I guess but then it's early early access so not only getting early bird you're getting early early bird so whether or not that's a effective strategy I guess that's an eye of the beholder kind of situation but Saturday um, I just had figured that first year would just be kind of a you know same stuff different day but I learned pleasantly surprised that like I said, not all vendors set up on that Friday, so you got some new vendors setting up. Get to go through their stuff early, and other vendors who already set up Friday are also moving some inventory, new inventory in there. So anyway, so year one was a lot of fun. Pulled some some really great records. Brought a lot back home. Had a good time. But I'm the type of person that after I do something. It takes a lot of motivation to maybe do it again. I don't like doing, I don't like repeating things too often. So I thought, well, maybe the next year I didn't think I was going to do it. And that's God's honest truth. But spring rolls around, 2022, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't need to go to the spring show for sure. And then about July, the early bird notice goes out, and I just couldn't help myself. Couldn't resist. But this time, I talked my wife into going with me, and figured it'd be a good excuse for us to go both to Austin. We like uh, she had been to Austin before to see the Austin City Limits Music Festival. Obviously, I went to the record show in 2021, so it was a good experience to be able to take her with me. Uh, she was not as enthusiastic <laughs> going in that Wednesday night, so we flew in on Thursday morning, and same kind of itinerary. Record shows on Thursday, early bird Friday, record show Saturday, and then uh, take off uh, late Saturday. I probably left that part out in year one, but um, what I found in record shows is that usually at the end of them, be at the end of a one day, or or like Austin, be at the end of a three day festival. That third day, dealers want to move like what's left, and there's a lot of great, great values, great pricing. I even saw some Instagram posts today. I'm filming this. This is on Sunday, the last day of the festival, or I'm sorry, the convention. And uh, a lot of dealers were blowing it out, 50% off. uh, Anything under $18 became $5. Anything over $20 became $10. So for collection building purposes, I think it's a home run. If you go to Austin and go to the convention, especially on Sunday, that's when you can really scoop up some deals. Now, if you're... A traveler like me and you got to haul that back, that can be a, a dicey proposition. But if you're local or near the area, I think it's, and, and like I said, if you're in that collection building part of your uh, collecting journey, I think it's a, a great opportunity to really stack up. Now, here too, my wife goes with me, did the early bird again. Uh, Saturday she actually came to the to show because she's not really an early bird type. She collects records a little bit. So she joined me for a few hours on that Saturday and then we got out of town. All right. So now I've told the backstory. So now let's focus on 2023. Before I do that, I have to kind of take one little nugget. So last year, 2022, if you've been following my YouTube channel, it's the year I went from behind the camera to in front of the camera. It's when I started my YouTube channel. And like I said, about July, I kind of got wind. I was okay. I'm going to do this again. And so I threw out the bat signal. Anybody doing the Austin Record Convention would love to meet up. It'd be great to meet up with you. Talk records, face-to-face change, you know, evolve from the two-dimensionality of the YouTube experience and the internet experience, actually shake hands, etc. And oddly enough, <laughs> I only heard from one person who I knew at that time, and that was David Bianco over at the channel, Safe and Sound Texas Audio Excursion, who lives kind of north of there in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area. And he said, hey, uh, maybe coming down to the convention, would love to meet up. Cool. So my schedules being what they are, it did materialize, but at least had a little nibble. So here we are in 2023. Podcast is going on. My channel's getting a little bit bigger. It's still a small channel. Still a small channel. Let's, let's, let's keep it real in, in the, the grand scheme of things. But um, I've gotten to more, know more folks and more great folks in the community. And so again, throughout that bat signal this year, I knew I was going again. Because if you know, you've know you been following my content, at least the last year, you know I'm really trying to be more intentional with what I'm buying, bringing it to my collection. And with that, <clears throat> I really want some of that top top, what I'm calling top copy pieces. And this convention gives a great opportunity to find those. Plus... You know, the Austin Record Convention being in Austin, Texas, kind of home field advantage for certain genres that just aren't that great in my area. And that's stuff like country music, uh, even hip hop. Chicago show has some solid hip hop, some solid jazz. But Austin, I feel, is a little bit more diverse with hip hop, country uh, soundtracks. That's another area I kind of collect a little niche part. And not to say that I haven't been able to find those things in my local area and my local shows. But, I mean, you've got so much space, so much square footage, and so many dealers regionally, nationally that come into this thing. It's very fertile to just have more of a reach to find these uh, records that have invaded me and some I didn't even know I was looking for, to be quite frank. You know, people always say, oh, what's what are you looking for? What's on your grail list? i got to be honest. You know, I have a list of things that I kind of am looking for. You know, I think we all do it. If you use Discogs, you've got to have a list out there. Just of things that you're at one time or another interested in, either hardcore or just a passive interest in. I'm no different. So I do have a list, but do I use that list religiously at every single table, at every single vendor? No. I've gotten to the point where, you know, and I, I said this, and I, it's a cop out line, but it's the, the truth is that. You know, I just know it when I see it. I've seen so many albums, I've seen so many covers, and know just a little of enough to kind of at least pique that interest. If I see something that looks familiar, I'll pull it, I'll look at it, then I can start making an educated guess, right? So I don't have a, quote, quote, grail list. But there are certain things I am looking for, and, you know, this convention was no different than the other shows I've been to. Went in with those kind of on my mind, but not top of mind, if that makes sense. But one thing that was different about this year is knowing I was going to go, like I said, I threw out that bat signal a little early, and I started getting more nibbles this year. I started hearing from other folks in the community, uh, people who are local to the area, people who I have gotten the pleasure of getting to know better in the last year, and really felt like some momentum was coming to have a decent uh, turnout of people I already knew. Again, two-dimensionally, internet, Only through live streams and the community and our videos and all that sort of stuff. But it really started gaining momentum here coming late August, early September. Because this show was held here at the end of September, like I said, in the open. And we had a significant amount of folks from the vinyl community who were there. And I was pleasantly surprised. Because I got to meet up with these folks. And I kind of tried to organize at least some kind of meetup, you know, let's get some food, let's get some whatever. And so I had a lot of help, man on the ground, Jason Rojas, I'm going to give him a shout out, who lives in Austin now, he was able to kind of give us uh, some direction in terms of some places to go for the nightlife and and that sort of thing, but um, it was just great, it was great uh, spending time, you know, and, and when you're at the record convention, <clears throat> I mean, you're really focused, I mean, and, and honestly, if you're going table to table, looking through records, It's a nice way to break up the monotony of taking a few minutes. Oh, you run into so-and-so. What'd you find? What are you looking for? That kind of thing. So it was a lot of fun. And just sharing, like, especially when you pulled some great records or someone else pulled some great records, just the fellowship was really exciting. Plus, um, you know, meeting some people who I, like I said, I have never met in person in the quote-unquote real world. Um, One person I had already met before was Harry, from Harry's Music Room. Uh, He lives up in Seattle, Tacoma area, and I met him a few months ago when we took a vacation up there. And Super awesome guy, like legitimately one of my favorite guys in the community. Um, So he came down, but then some folks, like I said, Jason Rojas was there. If you've listened to our Surface Noise program, you've heard him on there. David Bianco, who I talked about a little bit earlier, he came down with his friend Brad, um, Eddie Perez was another guy who uh, lives a few hours away in Texas he uh, originally was like I'm in and then uh, some stuff was coming up and he was like, I don't know if I'm in but then he ended up showing up which was terrific and then uh, Patrick formerly the vinyl archivist now P.B. Thal. I don't know the whole story there I probably should have asked him <laughs> but I didn't um, so he came down uh, Malaya who has a channel. She's actually uh, not really too far from me. She's a couple hours away um, in my home state here. And so she came. Uh, Louis Golden, <clears throat> pardon me, who collaborated with before uh, for our our RIP, our Monday live streams we were doing there for a minute. He drove down that Friday to join us uh, to go out, which I thought was terrific. Um, just so many uh, really... This fun folks. Everybody is supportive, really positive. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention the other the other joiner. And that was my uh, last-minute roommate for this adventure. And that's Jose Moreno-Ran. And I got to tell you, this guy... I know Maleo is probably the youngest member of our little or- organized uh, get-togethers. But Jose is a, a young guy, too. But, man, he's got so much energy. He wore me out just just being in his presence, but one of the sweetest guys, a really nice guy. You've probably, hopefully you've seen him on our surface noise uh, presentations. But um, he was there, he was ready to flex that hustle muscle, because he runs a label down in Monterey. And he had brought some records to uh, join me when, we, when I did, like I said, that Thursday record store crawl, if you will. And he was hustling, man. He brought some records to trade, but he also brought some from his label to try to get placement. And, uh, you know, mad respect for Jose because he was grinding and he was uh, using that, that charm, that Latin charm. And I believe he got placement uh, at every shop we went to on Thursday. We went to, um, and like I said, there's some great shops in Austin. Uh, we started at what I consider uh, one of the top shops, and that's end of an Ear. Great store, always great curation, super nice folks who work there. So we started there, then went to Breakaway. Breakaway was a shop that I didn't know about, but my first year, uh, I ran into Alex Rodriguez from Record Safari, the documentary, the shop, whatever, and talking with him, he kind of recommended that shop, so we went there. And so I took Jose, that was shop number two, and then, uh, you know, oh, I'd be remiss. Shop number one, just because of timing, we went to a Half Price Books. I don't know if they have Half Price Books or you may be listening to this podcast from, but it's a chain based out of Dallas that basically sells used books, media, movies, games, records, CDs, you name it. So we went to Half Price Books first. Then we started record store, record store Crawl. So Record Store number three was Waterloo Records. Uh, which is a really strong shop. They have a really diverse uh, curation of new and used, and they've got record bags. They've got CDs. They've got VHS. A lot of really cool stuff. Um, so you know, that's a lot of fun. And then we went north to just outside of Austin. It's called Round Rock, Texas. Round Rock. I'm gonna be very clear on that one, even though I was pretty sure I said it right. Uh, Jason kind of lives in that area. Jason Rojas. So we went up there, a place called Piranha Records, another shop I'd been to. I think I went to that one in year one. And, uh, you know, a, a nice shop. Uh, they got uh, a lot of interesting pieces, but they also have, like, incense and uh, some other kind of stuff. You know, a lot of these uh, stores will kind of diversify their assortment of merchandise, and Piranha Records is no different. So, anyway, Jose, my roommate, he uh, he actually had asked before, Uh, If he could crash on the couch in the hotel I'd booked, and you know, no, no, no plan, no, no, nobody was going to use it. Had no problem doing that. So Jose was my, my um, last minute roommate, and had had a blast with Jose. My man loves talking music and that was no different if you've seen, again, you see again if you've seen him on any live streams or our service and we saying he is pulling records talking records loving records and that was uh, fully on display in our time together in austin and it was fantastic plus i got to know him on a personal level talked about some things got to talk about life beyond music and records which i always think is uh, it's it's pretty awesome especially you know it, this vinyl community and listening to records collecting records kind of brings us together but from there we you do with that obviously is it's up to you and up to other people you meet and um, you know one thing i'll say with complete confidence is that everybody that came down that i was associating with or at least hanging with uh was this great company great people kind people uh people who kind of epitomize like what the mono community to me overall is i know there's some bad eggs out there and i know there's some folks who are just into mischief and And being, I'm just going to be honest, being a little uh, deceitful and, uh, you know, like to mix it up, let's call it. But that's only about like 1%. And I think anywhere you go, in any kind of hobby, any kind of organized uh, environment, be it sports talk, message boards, be it, I don't know, comic book collectors, whatever, baseball, sport card collectors, there's always going to be some malcontents. It just comes with the territory, especially like when you do something like on YouTube and you're putting yourself out there, you automatically have the target on you. You just got to roll with it, right? But these people were just terrific, and, and it was really great to get to know them from beyond the illumination of our virtual computer screens, devices, what have you. Plus, at the show, like I said before, you bump into them, and you can kind of, hey, what would you get? How's the show going? You could get a pulse on what was going on at the show, but also kind of, you know, because i got to be honest, the early bird didn't really start really strong for me, so I wasn't sure if that was the shared experience of the other folks I knew, so it was great to get a a read, a a different read, on the convention from their point of view, and um, to be honest with you, the records I pulled, a lot of, uh, got some good 90s stuff, 90s, Uh, Alternative in particular, I got a few really choice pieces, uh, some vintage jazz, some 59 original pressings, RVGs, Rudy Van Gelder's, I was happy to pull those. You know, all in all, I was happy with what I got, but didn't really start getting momentum until that late late in the day. uh, After we all got together at lunch, we went across the street to a local barbecue place, Terry Black's, and uh, had a really nice meal, and I was worried because that place is always busy, always busy. But fortunately, it worked. I was worried we weren't going to be able to get a table for all of us. But Eddie Perez led the charge, and I guess uh, the record gods smiled on us, and uh, we were able to make it work. Anyway, there's a picture out there. I think Harry had a picture taken. Oh, and I'd be remiss to talk about uh, a guest star who I didn't know was coming to the uh, convention, and that's Nathaniel Mars. Nathaniel Mars uh, has a channel where he DJs. And he does stuff on Twitch, too, he told me, when we were kind of conversing at one time, I think, over a meal. But uh, if you've ever seen or familiar with him from YouTube, he keeps his identity under wraps, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. So I didn't even know what this guy looked like. So it was great to kind of get to know him on that level, too. And like I said, I didn't even know he was coming. It was kind of a last-minute surprise. Uh, But he was at lunch, too. Again, the the folks in the high caliber of folks who came. I, I know if you listen to this, again... Probably people who don't like me. In turn, they're probably not going to like some of these people. and That's unfortunate. But I would highly encourage any kind of collective gathering, especially you know when you when you meet people who share a hobby and can share information and best practices and just a, a, a passion for you know how they're spending their time. I think that's extremely rewarding and extremely beneficial because it makes me a better record collector. You know, kind of sharing my knowledge but also absorbing knowledge from them. So I would highly encourage anyone, if you can lean into something like that, to do so. You know, it's and, and it's also interesting because I, I heard a podcast quite some time ago, and I, I kind of have really been chewing on this for a while and kind of really thinking about how it rates or compares to to my vinyl community activity and the the folks I'm meeting and you know establishing relationships with, and and I think this is true, not just in this community, but just in general. But the older you get, you know, you, you have like core friends, and then it's kind of like a banana, like, you know, some friends fall off, and relationships change, people move, they get kids, they, you know, a lot of variables that uh, that hit us here in this thing called life. And so as you get older, it can be harder and harder to meet new friends. And I've experienced that, too, at my level. So I would I would say that if, you know it's kind of a blessing in the sense that I started making these YouTube videos, started doing this podcast stuff, asked other folks to join me on the podcast adventures and live streams and yada yada yada. But just getting to to meet new people and bring them into your personal orbit is really awesome. And so I know this is about the Austin Record Convention, but I'm kind of pontificating about uh, some of the like overarching things about why this year was different than years past, because, you know, in years past, I did a lot of solo stuff. I was pretty much on my own the entire time, except, you know, last year, like I said, my wife was with me a lot of the time, and a lot of alone time, which I enjoy, but, you know, there was nobody I could really vibe with in, in the sense of, you know, I would talk to some dealers and, you know, have little conversations here and there with other customers and shoppers, but this year was kind of very unique I'm, all, I'm remiss, but I'm going to use this word anyway. it's kind of special in the sense that there's just so many folks in the community that you could just bump into quick conversation, quick uh, sharing of your finds and experience of the uh, the convention. Another person that we ran into who lives in the area is a commenter on the morning live stream, the Rachel's Ghost morning live stream, Tencent, Cindy I think her name. Um, she was there, so I got to say hi to her, so that was awesome. But again, it's just a continuation of just meeting meeting these people that you only know virtually. And then boom, you're all in the same place, same passion and the same uh, just fondness for music and physical media and you know, finding good deals. You know, because I've I've talked about this on my channel before, and a lot of this programming that you've probably subjected yourself to here on the podcast and other places. But it, it's 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 drying up a little bit, especially in the used vinyl arena. And I've really been leaning more into record shows than going to my locals of late to buying online. It's just kind of you know. I wouldn't say easy, but, you know, the thrill isn't there because there's there's kind of levels of excitement when you're out in the wild and you're finding records, digging for records. And you flip through and, you know, there's a, there's a, oh, <laughs> which is something you're like, oh, that's a nice surprise. But then there's the wow. That's like next level. We were talking about it at dinner one night. You'd be flipping through and you're like, oh. And then you're interested, and you pull it out, and you're curious, check condition, etc. Same thing, you're flipping and flipping, and you find something, wow. Or you have what, what I like to call the oh shit, oh shit, because it's a, a hard to find record, or something you've never seen before, something that's, that literally, like I say, takes your breath away. It's, I mean, this is just record collecting, let's keep it real. But something that does kind of give you a little little stiffening of the pant, <laughs> as I like to say. Um, anyway... All in all, I didn't have any. I wouldn't say I had a couple of those oh moments, like when I found the uh, the Art Blakey OG of Moan in 1959, um, and the and a, another uh, RVG uh, Blue Note record, which name escapes me at the moment. I found them back to back, and they had like a dollar ninety nine price tag, which I had a feeling that wasn't accurate, but. Uh, Took him to the vendor, and uh, I think even he he had what I'll call the reverse wow moment. He had a reverse oh, like a question mark on it, oh, because he clearly knew that uh, he didn't price those accordingly. And uh, his first question to me was, "Do you know what these are worth?" And I wasn't being deceitful because I didn't. I didn't look them up. I didn't. You know, usually I pull up this guy's kind of compare to kind of. Price check things sometimes, but then these I did. I knew they're old. I saw RBG and the Dead Wax. I knew they're real deal. Probably OGs, just based on the condition and some of the the, uh, the markings on the sleeves and and the, uh, the, the center stickers and so forth. And so anyway, he cut me a really great deal, which again I think I'll talk about it at a later date. But um, it's just like things like that that continue to, to feed the hunt, right? To make this exciting because. You know, if, it, if I've learned anything here lately in the past year or two, it's that when it's not fun, I'm just kind of starting to check out. And there's been times, especially when I just recently moved and I was boxing up my whole collection. Man, it was a lot of work. And just not only boxing it up and then moving so many of these U-Haul boxes to uh, our new home. And there's times I was probably a little sweaty, probably a little angry. And I was like, man, <laughs> maybe I just need to get out of this. And it'd be so much easier to just not collect records or, or maybe pare down my collection to a more, again, air quotes, reasonable uh, volume. Haven't done anything drastic like that, buddy, as I promise. But it did cross my mind. And it was kind of not being fun. It was not fun to move, just going to be honest. And I'm sure if you've moved a lot of records or a decent amount of records, you can relate because uh, it could be not fun for a lot of reasons. But. I digress. Austin awesome Record Convention, year three, a lot of fun. Highly, highly, highly encourage you if you've never been to check it out because it is uh, a crate diggers paradise. Because there is times, you know, like I said, early bird Friday, I thought it hit it all, and I was pleasantly surprised in that Saturday morning early bird that there was there were tables I hadn't even seen. There are tables that had set up. I guess I didn't even see because they were well set up, and I found some of my best stuff on that Saturday, to be honest with you. So a lot of the momentum I built at the end of day one carried over into day two, and, and uh, I did really well. And I, but you know, more than the record finds, more than the the, the great pieces I brought back and, and adding to my collection was the memories, the fondness, uh just bonding and the fellowship of meeting some other fellow vinyl community record collectors because I say it once and I'll say it again a vinyl community is much much more than YouTube it's much much more than message boards Hoffman forums discord wherever you go um, I, I really feel like it's a community and there's different levels and there's different segments of the community like I don't I, I don't pretend to to be that naive that it's you know peace pipes and and all that kind of stuff but but I will say that finding folks as you get older who share an interest and a share a, a hobby passionately, informatively, just organically—it's uh, it's a real blessing and it's really terrific. And and I was really really had a lot of fun because, like I said, the first couple of years I went, I had a lot of solo time. And this year I was, I was you know, obviously I had a roommate and Mister Jose, but um, just you know. The, or, the, the semi-organized get-togethers with everybody and, and, and stuff we did, even at the show, um, it was just terrific. So anyway, buddies, mini-pod over. Um, like I said, I'll probably do a recap video. I don't know how soon that will come out, so kind of just keep posted to the concert buddy network of nonsense. You know, in but uh, anyway, buddies appreciate you listening. Um, if again, cheap plug time, if you haven't visited my friends over at Vinyl Storage Solutions, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice, especially if you're a serious record collector because their sleeves and their offerings to protect your collection, your best investment, is second to none. And I highly encourage you to check them out. Uh, information will be in the show notes. And remember, Can always save 10%. They've partnered with me to provide my listeners 10% savings every time. Cannot be combined with other promotional periods. Just note that in advance. Just use either VCP10, that's vinyl community podcast 10, VCP10, or the name of my channel, Concert Buddy, B-U-D-D-I-E. No space. So concert buddy. And you'll save 10%. Win, win, win. Anyway, buddies, thanks for listening. Stay tuned to Vinyl Community Podcast for some more ridiculously awesome programming related to vinyl records and record collecting. And, buddies, as we say, when you get the chance, just spin it. See you soon. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.